So this morning, for the instructions, I would like uh, to look at a few different things. So the first thing, as we mentioned previously, you can continue uh, with what you do, if that's what you want to do. Today, I would like the theme of the day to be what is called in the Buddhist tradition, appreciative joy, altruistic joy, and to see that actually can be quite complementary to all the different practice we're going to do. So we're going to present different things, but actually a few of them can really complement each other. And I thought, in a way, if you wanted today to continue with the breath, that would be fine. And you could also infuse it a little with that uh, quality of appreciative joy, altruistic joy. So I'll talk more about that toward the end of the instruction. So first, looking a little bit at what is it we are doing when we uh, do meditation. So we generally try to combine, uh, to cultivate two things, either sequentially, either together, and that is anchoring, focusing, stabilizing, grounding at one level, and also exploring, inquiring, questioning, looking deeply into the experience. So we, so we kind of basically trying to combine, to cultivate together these two things, which will, over time, can help us to develop on one side quietness, stability, spaciousness, and on the other side, openness, brightness, clarity. So in a way, each quality actually has a certain function. So the anchoring part, Generally, we will suggest that you use, most of the time, an object in experience or use a phrase like today as a means to kind of anchor you. But the anchoring is a bit like the anchor of the boat. So you have the boat on the sea, which is anchored. It doesn't mean that the boat doesn't move. It just means the boat doesn't move too far. So it's relatively safe, relatively on the spot. And so in the same way, when we focus anchoring the breath, or in the body, or like today, on uh, joy, then that is going to, in a way, try to ground us here. Because what you might notice, you might try to anchor in the breath, or you might try to anchor in the phrases of joy, and that when you're distracted, you are somewhere else. When you think about the past, or the future, or this story, or that story, you are generally somewhere else, in abstraction, often in another time. But what is interesting is that when you come back to the breath, or you come back to the phrases of joy, you actually come back to the whole moment of sitting here, being here now, in this experience. And that's one of the, I would say, the usefulness of the meditation, of the anchoring, is that it brings us back here, 
and it brings us back to the whole experience. Because a lot of the time we reduce ourselves to one of the elements of what is going on. So it kind of brings us back to the whole thing. So that to really see that the function of the anchoring is not to stop the thought. But the function of the anchoring, in a way, is to bring us back to this more fullness of the experience. And so that's why we come back to the breath, or we come back to the phrases, for example. And it brings us back to the whole moment. Then the other aspect is actually uh, just being aware in a questioning way, in an inquiring way, in the experience. And generally through the retreat, this will be more focused on change. And so this is very simple, just to be aware that things change. Because we have such a tendency to have a tendency to think that things will last longer than they might. Or we might also make them last longer than they might. This is some, a phrase we can really use a lot in daily life, is how long is this going to last? This thought, this feeling, this sensation, this sound, how long is this going to last? And in order to know that, we actually need to be in the experience of it. So again, the inquiry, the questioning, the looking deeply is, being with the experience, noticing the breath might change or the air might come a little cooler, come out a little warmer. The, with, with the phrases, it changes a little in a different way. We're not there looking at change per se in the experience, but we're trying to orient towards something which is going to possibly change our attitude. So then it's kind of a different type of change looking at ourselves, looking at others in a different way. So that's what we're trying to do uh, during the meditation, during this retreat, and we will explain this in many different ways. We'll use this framework of this anchoring and this exploration. Then there is a thing I briefly mentioned yesterday is that when we sit in meditation or walk in meditation or if we're on meditation retreat, generally it's because we have some hope that this is going to help us in some way. This is going to have some effect in some way. So we don't come here because we have nothing better to do but because we have some intention maybe to become more wise or compassionate or more quiet and clear or cultivate more meditation or learn to meditate. And that we have to be a little careful that yes, we have an intention. We have uh, a certain objective in a way. We, we have a certain aspiration. And at the same time to be careful not to move from you know, having that aspiration, inspiration to practice for different reasons, to what I call checking the effect of the meditation. That, you know, what we're doing here is really cultivating. And so the cultivating is about cultivating anchoring, cultivating investigating. That's what the cultivating is about. But often we 
do a little bit of meditation and then we go into what I call the checking move, where we check what we're doing. And so if you, and often the checking, you generally a lot of the time find, you know, either I'm not sitting well enough, either I have too many thoughts, either I am too sleepy, or this, that, and another. Or it doesn't uh, reproduce what I read in the book, or what my friend told me, or whatever it might be. So just to be careful that, of course, I hope that over the week, you will find this helpful. I really hope so. But to be careful that not to be checking every two minutes in your meditation, if it makes a difference. Because I think to me the greatest difference that it makes is just feeling a little sense of release or release, what I call the effect toward the end of the sitting or the end of the walking. But it's kind of quite subtle and as an effect, though in daily life often it makes a big difference. So let's just, yes, we have an intention, we want to go a certain way, we want to cultivate certain things, being careful of this checking also with the expectation <coughs> expecting yourself to be like this or like that expecting others to be like this or like that and, <coughs> and here uh, also I'm sorry just to remember I have a slight announcement you might have noticed on the board a reminder that between 10 o'clock at night and 6 o'clock in the morning, please do not use uh, the showers. And of course, you can use a bathroom. You are encouraged strongly not to flush because you know all the, all the rooms are quite close to each other and to the bathroom and then you don't want to wake somebody at 2 o'clock in the morning unless, unless you really have to flush. Right. Sometimes we really do for the next benefit of the next person. But unless it's like this, uh, we try to keep the place quiet uh, at night. But through the day, of course, you have hopefully lots of opportunity uh, to take showers and flush the toilet. <laughs> so just to be careful there. So, in terms of really noticing, that was back to harmlessness. Yesterday I talked of harmlessness and to be careful about the expectation. You know, I should be able to do this. I should be able to do it this way. And personally, I have no expectation in terms of the practice. It's just cultivation. And so cultivation, so you will try to cultivate anchoring, you will try to cultivate investigating. And sometimes you will feel really clear and bright and really totally here. Other time you will be totally lost in thoughts. Over time you will be sleepy. I mean, that's why after lunch we do generally the first sitting will be a guided meditation to keep everybody awake some of the time. Because <laughs> that's generally a time where we're a little sleepy. And sleepiness is... You see, I think we have to be careful to see that over a day of meditation, we cannot keep the same level of energy. 
So you might notice, this is part of noticing change, that some time of the day you will feel brighter, other time of the day you will feel a little sleepy. If you feel sleepy, I would say, straighten the back, open the eyes, then try, if you feel very sleepy a lot of the time, I would say walk briskly before you come back to sit here. And you might notice when you walk, you don't feel sleepy generally. If you feel sleepy when you walk, then I think you need to go to sleep <laughs> and to lie down. And so see how it goes with your energies. And sometimes we just have to be, feel sleepy, but not too sleepy, so you don't fall off your cushion or your chair. And then it passes, like all things it passes. So see what you can do, and then we can talk more about it, if need to. So, the meditation I would like to suggest today, some of you might be familiar with it, some of you not. And this is a method which is, you see, what we try to do during the week is to cultivate mindfulness. But we try to cultivate not any kind of mindfulness, because we're conscious anyway. We're trying to develop the fact that we are able to be conscious, but we try to be conscious in a certain way. So you could call it caring and careful mindfulness, or you can call it creative awareness. But we try to cultivate a mindfulness, an awareness, and attention with certain qualities within it. So in it, there is this kindness to it, there is some appreciation to it, there is also some stability within it, and also some compassion within it. So we can cultivate different aspects of the meditation. We can put the meditation on the breath, and then we'll be working more with the calming effect. Later we'll do the listening meditation, then we're working more with the opening, receptive element of mindfulness. And today I thought, as it's our first day together for this retreat, maybe appreciative joy, altruistic joy, could be useful. And we could either do through using the phrases, as it's done traditionally, or we can infuse our mindfulness of the breath with appreciation appreciation that I can breathe, appreciation that I can be here, appreciation that I am alive. And so with this practice, you can use the phrases, and I put them on the board, and you can, so that's one way to do it, or you can actually connect more to the quality. So one way to connect to the quality is, what is it? I can appreciate in this experience right now. So mindfully connecting to that, to the breath, to the listening, to the body. Rejoicing, being grateful. So again, bringing this quality, infusing the mindfulness of the breath with that. So you can do that. Another one is, how does it feel to feel some appreciation. How does it feel to rejoice? How does it feel to be grateful? So can I connect right now a little bit to appreciation, to rejoicing, 
to gratitude. So you can connect it in that way. Otherwise, you can do it uh, using the phrases. So there are many different phrases you can use, but these are the ones I would suggest. Because I feel they distill a bit the spirit of the retreat in a way. And meditation, how we could take it into our daily life. So the first phrase is appreciating. And then you can use three pr different pronouns. You can use this, you can use mine, or then when you move to other people, you can use your. So it could be appreciating this effort, appreciating my effort, appreciating your effort. And why I suggest this is that often we have a strange relationship with effort. You're going to do a lot of efforting here. But a lot of the time, you might feel that actually you're not putting enough effort. And why are you going to think that? Because you don't think you get enough effect. And often we have this strange thing where we think, if I have the effect, then there was really the effort. But if there is no effect, there must have been no effort. But I think we must be careful here. Because I think generally at any given moment, you will be trying to put to effort as you can within your condition at that moment. And I really believe that you try the best you can whenever you can within your circumstances. But that doesn't mean that you will have fantastic effect. You see, sometimes you put too much effort that's what we have to be careful. If we put too much effort, actually it makes us agitated and tense. If we don't put any effort and we just like, yes, yes, it lacks a certain energy. So it's kind of like we're trying to cultivate what's called effortless effort. So trying to find a way to, to sit which is not too tight, not too loose, the way to use the mind, hold the mind, which is not too tight, not too loose, the same with the body. So it's in a way, I think this phrase, appreciating this effort, my effort, is to recognize that, yes, I am trying something. I am doing the best I can. And to be careful to really honor that effort without necessarily connecting it to the amount of effect. And also appreciating your effort. Because the phrase is you start with yourself. So we of yourself, you can keep, use my if you want to make it more, more personal, or this if you want to make it more impersonal. But then you move to people in this room, so you bring them to mind, or their name, if you know them. You don't have to do everybody, but a few people around you. And you appreciate their effort. But often, we feel that, again, you know, I can do this. Why can't they? What's the matter with them? Well, maybe because you can do this in your sleep, and then it takes them a whole day to do this. We have different capacity. We have different conditions. And to me, this is something really important on a retreat to appreciate everybody's effort. And that everybody 
is affecting in a different way. But everybody is trying again the best they can. And I think this is also important in daily life. Then the next one is rejoicing. Rejoicing in this understanding, my understanding, your understanding. And this is to see that when we arrive on this retreat, we already have a certain amount of life experience, a certain amount of understanding, of wisdom. And of course we want to cultivate that more. We want to develop that more. But to really, really, really rejoice that, yes, I have already a certain amount of understanding, and I hope, in a way, to develop more. But I don't come from zero. I already have some, and now I'm going to try to develop it more. And the same with everybody in this room. They, too, have already some knowledge, some wisdom, and they, too, want to develop some more. So rejoicing in this understanding, my understanding, your understanding. And you might, at times, have insight, see something you've not seen before. So in a way, rejoicing in that. And it might happen, you see something clearly, and then it goes. It might not stay as bright the whole time. So just rejoicing that it came, and also acknowledging it goes. But it can still feed us in some way, nurture us, so that later it can be useful. And then the last one is being grateful. And then you have the pronoun, and then you have two, two different choices. And this is rejoicing in this existence, my existence, your existence, or this potential, my potential, your potential. Because generally, we start with ourselves, then we go to people in this room, then we go to people and everything alive outside this room, the trees, the rooks, the people. Then we go to the category of people we like, we feel supported by, then to the category of people we have maybe a little indifference toward, and then to the category of people we have some difficulty with, not great difficulty with. And this one, often it looks like you cannot be grateful for their existence, but I thought, at least you can be grateful for their potential. So that's why you have potential. But see which word resonates with you. And so this is, in a way, I think a part of the practice of meditation is really to make us aware of our humanity and also the potential of this humanity. We don't know why we are alive and why we're breathing, but we are. And so in a way, I think the meditation is about what is the best I can do, considering the condition with this life, with this potential. And I think a retreat is a good opportunity to remind us of that. And then we can take this spirit, of course, in our daily life. So the way the the practice works, if you want to do it traditionally, you do the phrases. Either you choose just one, If you can remember the three, you do the three. You can do them in your own language if you don't necessarily want to do it in English. Especially not in English with a French accent. And then uh, you do it for yourself for some time. 
And then you might start to expand to people in this room. Then you might start to expand to everything that is alive outside. Then you can expand to the category of people you like, you feel supported, then the one you're a little indifferent, maybe the postman, the people like that. And then people you have some difficulty with, but really not too great difficulty with, so that we don't want you to get too involved with it. And then at the end you can open to all of life. See how it goes. So you can do it a short version where you just do yourself, people and everything outside this room, or you can do all the different elements if you want. So it's for you to see. And at the same time, you can do it a little bit and you can do the whole day like that, or you can combine it, as I said, with being aware of the breath and just bringing that quality of appreciation, of gratefulness, of being alive. 